We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I have Joe Carter on the show today, and he is a senior writer for the Gospel Coalition, author of The Life and Faith Field Guide for Parents, and the editor of the NIV Life Hacks Bible, which I have and love, and co-author of How to Argue Like Jesus, Learning Persuasion from History's Greatest Communicator. He also serves as an associate pastor at McLean Bible Church in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to the show, Joe. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wrote the book, The Life and Faith Field Guide for Parents? Yeah, I wrote this book about probably almost five years ago now. I was at the time I was a uh, elder at a church plant and we had a lot of young parents and I was one of the older people in the church. I was only 40 at the time, but I was considered one of the old men. And so a lot of the young families would come to me and ask me about things about how to raise their kids. And I realized why the parents didn't know is because nobody really taught them how to teach their kids. That gave me the idea. Let me do some research and put together a book, a kind of a guidebook to show parents, here's what you need to know so that you can pass this along to your kids. Yes, I love the book. And you state that decision-making process is circular. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, decision-making is circular in the sense that The decisions we make determine our character, our knowledge, and our worldview. And in turn, the decisions we make that are shaped by our character, knowledge, and worldview shape the kind of decisions we're going to make in the future. So oftentimes, it's the day-to-day decisions that most affect us in this way. For example, we say that we want a biblical worldview, but what happens is we spend most of our time watching Netflix or watching Fox News instead of reading the Bible. So when it comes to making a decision, we don't really have that basis of the the background and basis from the day-to-day habits we've developed to make the solid decision we need. So the habits we make shape our character and those end up determining how we make our decisions. Absolutely. You know, there's that old saying, your habits become your character, your character becomes your destiny. Everything you do is a step-by-step process and it all circles back around to what you did is how you end, where you started and what you do in life is how you end in life. That's absolutely true. You know, children are faced with many issues today that past generations have not faced. Can you please explain the two fears you address, and the five ways to help children fight that fear? Well, there's two specific fears I talk about in the book that we don't talk about often enough, and that's filial fear and servile fear. And these are fears that are often related to other people. Filial fear is the, is the more positive kind of fear. It's the fear we have for God or the fear that parents should have for their, for their parents. It's a fear that's offending the one we adore or trust. And in contrast, servile fear it's the kind of fear a prisoner would have for a jailer or executioner. It's, it's rooted in distrust and dread. Now, there are two main ways parents can go wrong in teaching these kind of fears. Uh, the first is that we think that we don't want our, our children to fear us at all. And so we don't promote a filial fear. We, we raise them to think that they're our best friend. And the result is that kids don't have a healthy respect for us as parents. And so they don't have a model for how they should learn to fear the Lord. And the second way we go wrong is to instill respect without cultivating adoration. This can cause children to have a servile fear of us, but they don't have that adoration and trust and respect for us that that we need. So that also gives them a poor model for God as a good father. So we kind of need to balance between these two by looking at, to God, our father, example of how we should be fearful or teach our children to be fearful. 
But there's a lot of fears that children have. They're not servile fears. They're not uh, filial fears. They're more rooted in anxiety fears or irrational fears. And I think the five ways we can help them fight such fears is, first of all, just to listen to them and, and make sure that they know they're heard. I, too often, I think we kind of quickly dismiss their fears as unimportant because we don't think they're things that they should fear. Uh, second, we acknowledge their fear, but we encourage them to face it. We don't want them to dismiss their fear, but we don't want them to understand that they have a God that's bigger than their fears and they have nothing to fear when they belong to God. Third, we need to keep a perspective and keep moving. We don't want them to get bogged down and trapped in their fear. We want to teach them how to move past it and help them understand that their fear is from an enemy that Jesus has already defeated. Fourth, we need to pray with them about their fear and show them what, what the Bible says about fear. And finally, fifth, we need to keep Jesus at the center. Too often as parents, we tend to put the children in the center of our universe, instead of our lives. And we need to teach our children that they aren't the center. Jesus is the center. You know, you said about adoration also, and that's just, it's so important because if our children fear us because they're afraid of us, you know, if love isn't the first thing that they feel for their parent, to love them, to adore them because they take care of all their needs, a punishing parent is, is a parent that children are fearful. And when you're, when you're in fear, you can't concentrate or think properly. So how can you obey? They say, what is it? Half of your brain shuts down when you're you know, in an anxiety prone state or fearful. It's, it's just so sad, but there are a lot of parents out there that think that having an iron hand is how you, you know, raise your children, like, like a military style (laughs) parenting. Yeah. I'm at a church now where we have a lot of young 20 and 30 year old people and almost all the uh, the solid Christians in my church are because their parents taught them to be loving and respectful toward their parents. And so they had an idea of image of God that really helped them carry over and, and, and understand this is what God is like. And so that, that model really served them well later in life. Yeah. I think, I think parents that, you know, raise their children with that iron hand, strict, you know, obedience, and not a lot of love and affection is because it takes a lot more work as a parent to do it the other way. It does. To be loving and kind. <laughs> In chapter 33, you talk about virtuous habits, which I'm all about virtues, you know, first Peter or second Peter says supplement our faith with virtue. Could you please share your wisdom regarding creating new virtuous habits for children? Yeah, virtuous habits are those habits that help us improve our character and ideally become a more virtuous person. And virtuous habits are distinguished and different from positive habits. We can have positive habits like brushing our teeth, brushing our teeth, make sure our teeth are healthy, but that's a positive habit. It's just not a virtuous habit. And so the first step we need to do in creating virtuous habit is identify what the virtue is we want to produce and how we want to get there. A good example of this is you just mentioned reading scripture and reading scripture is a, is a good example of a virtuous habit. Now reading scripture alone, of course, won't make us virtuous, but it can show us what God wants from us and, and how to obey God in a way that can lead us to virtue. And the second part is to identify that what's called the habit loop. And the habit loop consists of a cue, a routine, and a reward. And the cue is just something that tells your brain, okay, we're going to start engaging in this habit right now. And so, for example, in the example of scripture reading, the cue could be asking your children at a certain time of day, at the same time every day, to go get the Bible. We're going to study a, a Bible passage together, or a Bible story together. Every night, they kind of get in the routine or understanding that we're about to begin this routine. And so the second part is to actually engage the routine, which would be reading the story, reading the Bible story with them at the same time every night where they kind of develop into a habit for them. And the last part is a reward. That's something we think that we should skip, but a reward is very important for establishing the habit. And a reward can be as simple as just praising the child for, you know, paying attention and studying this. So when we create this kind of virtuous habit loop, 
it kind of creates in them a sense of urgency and like kind of molds them. Now, virtuous habits, of course, are much harder to create than negative habits. It's really easy to stumble into a negative habit. So parents should be prepared to understand that creating virtuous habits can be long and so they can be patient and know that there's, it's going to pay off in the long run, but it's not probably going to be something that's going to happen just right away. Yeah. You know, I believe habits are so important. Virtuous habits. It, the more you practice, the more you actually live out what you're learning, what you're practicing. Can you tell us why this book is dedicated to the Boy Scout Handbook? Yeah. When I was growing up about when I was 10 years old, I discovered the Boy Scout Handbook and I wasn't even a Boy Scouts at the time. And it just amazed me of how much it promoted virtue and promoted the kind of person I wanted to be. Now, obviously there's a lot of things in there that's not quite compatible with Christianity, but there's a lot of things that show me that it's not just about having knowledge. It's about developing skills. And that's what I wanted to create out of my book is something that just gives you some knowledge, but also teaches some skills. And here's the habit you need to develop. Too often we think, well, we're just going to read a book. And this is how I thought when I was parents, I'll just read the right book and I'll have all the knowledge I need and I'll be able to raise my kids right. And the reality is we need to develop certain patterns of our life and certain habits to really become better parents. And so we can pass on to our kids what we want them, want them to know. Yes. And, and in your book, I mean, you have 50 different titles about s- different skills, skills and habits for managing conflicts, skills and habits for evangelism, skills and habits for character development, for engaging culture, for learning. It's, you know, it's a really great parenting resource. I think I, you know how you fold the corners of the page, what they call it, earmarked, whatever. Almost, as you can see, almost every page here it's a really great book. It's the Life and Faith Field Guide for Parents by Joe Carter. And I hope our listeners will go out and get this book because I think it's a really great resource. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Any upcoming projects or anything you're doing? Since I wrote the book, I became a full-time pastor. So my job now is just to, to apply what I've tried to teach in the past to, to the own parents and see how it works out in the local church, which I think is the, you know, the family and local church are the, probably the two most important institutions in the world. So the more time we spend dedicating that, the better we'll be. So, Well, thank you for being on the show, Joe, and God bless all the, everything you're doing for the kingdom here on earth. We truly appreciate it. And this is how we will all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 